for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that will draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis' ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yeah, buddy. The new year is upon us and plans are already in the making. A lot of questions coming in are focused on the 2020 elk season. Finding the right elk outfitter, the right guide, or the right do-it-yourself hunting opportunity. Well, y'all, before you start looking, you need to know what kind of hunt you're looking for. And to do that, you first need to understand your expectations and your hunting profile. Not sure what those are? No worries. Your elk hunting coaches are here in the house today. They're ready to point you in the right direction. Today's topics, if you're looking for an elk hunt, know your elk hunting profile. That along with our elk bros shout outs and questions from our elk bros mailbox. So my friends, pull up a chair and adjust your volumes just right and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Brought to you by ElkBros.com with your host Gilbert Ornelas and elk hunting coach Joe Gillian. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello again, everyone. If it's your first time with us, Glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And for those of you blue-collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. Thank you for joining us. I'm Gilbert Ornelas, host of the show from Spring, Texas, and coming to you from Cimarron, New Mexico, my friend, my brother, your elk hunting coach, Joe Gillia. Hey, hey, Gilbert, man. How's it going, brother? Oh, man, I, you know, I, uh, we're, we're a little later this evening. Uh, you were out fighting traffic, trying to do that shopping Ooh, thing for Christmas. That H-Town <laughs> traffic will kill you, brother. <laughs> yeah. And as always, before I get started, bud, this one's for Chav. Uh, this like, one for you, brother. We, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, uh, for you guys out there listening, 
Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your thoughts. All you guys that have been sending emails and stuff, because uh, let me tell you what, I think we're, we're turning the corner. In fact, I know we are. Uh, Chav just had a second round of chemo. Um, we've got things waking up, muscles waking up. In fact, I'm going to show you, I'm going to put this up here on, uh, uh, I'm going to put this up here where you guys can, oh, well, let me see. Let me Wrong get this side, right. Joe. There we go, buddy. All right. There we go. Uh, if you can see that there, that's my man. He's, he's for the first time, he's, uh, he's actually pushing on, uh, look at that right there. That's awesome, dude. He's actually pushing with his legs. Uh, he, he's taken uh, about 10 or 12 steps assisted up on parallel bars. Uh, things are waking up. He's giving it everything he has. He's training, he's pushing, you know, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, man, uh, uh, like I've told people before, when you think that you're at that point where you're not able to do any more, you can. And all you got to oh, yeah. do is reach down a little bit. Sometimes you look around and get somebody to give you a little nod, give you a pat on the back or a helping hand, but you can definitely do it because uh, this this guy is just is, is just so impressing me, man. It's just every time I see something a little – it's so funny, Gilbert, man. It's just anytime I see a little bit of improvement, man, my, my heart just grows another three times bigger. But so that's I'm pretty sure. cool. Well, yeah. you know, he's always in our prayers and on our minds and – in our hearts for sure, Joe. We appreciate all our listeners' prayers and thoughts and emails, and we appreciate all that. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to when we get him back on here, man. We're going to have us a homecoming and a half. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Well, Joe, you know what time it is, man. Oh, time for oh, our Elk Bro oh, shout-outs. Oh, <laughs> if you're new to our show, these are just shout-outs from a few cities with the most listeners topping our charts this week. Yeah, there you go, bud. And I haven't done this in a little while, so I've got to give kudos out there to the the big five cities that have over the long haul. These have been the cities that have really been rocking and rolling, and we get so many listens from these cities. Up first is Denver, followed by Minneapolis, Dallas. Now Dallas is up above H-Town. It used big to be D. the other way, man. <laughs> Manano's been up there propping <laughs> us up, buddy. <laughs> Seattle, Washington. Fifth on the list is our own 505, Albuquerque. Five and I got to tell you, man, we need Albuquerque to step up because old Tigard, Oregon, is hot on their heels. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. And get this, Gilbert. Uh, the five countries, top countries listening right now, out of the 30-plus We've got uh, wow. we've got Canada up top in the list, and man, I tell you, all, all of our northern brothers up there, uh, so glad to have you guys listening. And following Canada is Spain. Wow. Followed by is. by Egypt. And, <laughs> right? and, yeah, I was like Egypt, man. Egypt. I, wow. I don't know. I guess you could put some horns on one of them camels out there, man. Right. <laughs> I've got a good friend of mine living in Egypt, so he might be listening from time to time. That would be awesome. Hey, for you, for our listeners in Egypt, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Poland, and then followed by Germany. That's you know, cool, followed. man. I spent some time in Warsaw. It's a cool town. Poland's a beautiful country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just want to thank uh, all those top five, those countries and those big cities there. And let's go to last week's top listeners. So, 
Up first, located just 43 miles from Niagara Falls, this city has a connection with the West that most people don't know about. Get this, Gilbert. John Elway, quarterback of the Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos, hit his first professional home run at Dwyer Stadium while playing minor league baseball right here in Batavia, New York. Wow, that's Batavia. Batavia, John Elway, our Super Bowl quarterback for the Denver Broncos. He was, I think he was actually drafted by the New York Yankees. Uh, yeah, you know, the year before that, I think he had the Royals try drafting him, and then it was yeah. the Yankees, so he was playing minor ball for them in Guy that, in that New York, uh, that league up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. What a gifted athlete. Oh, man. One of arguably the top five quarterbacks of all time, I think. Just tough as nails, Brett Favre-esque, tough as nails guy, and a heck of an owner, you know, or a heck of a GM for for Denver. So Yeah, um, he really is. He stays involved, doesn't he? No doubt, no doubt. Well, Joe, next up, this this town known by the residents there in East Las Vegas, if incorporated – would be one of the largest cities in Nevada. It's Las Vegas, y'all. And believe it or not, there is some incredible elk hunting within an hour's drive. But an elk tag in Nevada? Yeah, that's a prized item. <laughs> yes, it this is. This is Sunrise Manor, Nevada. Sunrise Manor. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, it's Vegas. funny because we're getting um, we're getting these places that – are coming across as their own like uh, places or cities or towns. And some of them it's hard to distinguish. So this is kind of a suburb there in uh, Las Vegas on that East side there. But I think it would be probably the sixth largest city in Nevada if it was incorporated. So uh, up next Gilbert, I'm not sure if our next top listeners are from, again, like I just said, a neighborhood of Phoenix or if they are their own town, but this is the second time in the last two weeks that they've shown up in our top listeners. Wow. And this time in our top five. Sun, beautiful sunsets, a breathtaking view. This community is built in the heart of the desert, just outside downtown Phoenix area. And Gilbert, we both know Arizona has some great elk hunting, right? <laughs> Giant bulls down there, Joe. Was that the White Sands? Oh, uh, man. Down there, you know, some big bulls down there in that that eastern part of arizona man oh and that coconino is just beautiful man so yeah. uh big shout out to alhambra arizona that's cool awesome man arizona yeah. in the house arizona next up joe the state capital of georgia this city is home to 71 streets with a variation of the word peach tree in their names but uh 71 streets not states right uh, with the word peach tree in their name. But here's the catch. With a few expectation, exceptions, there are actually no peach trees here. None. <laughs> <laughs> Nor are peach trees the native tree in the area. The name peach tree evolved from pitch tree, mm-hmm. which is what the native pine trees were called because of their sticky sap that's on yeah. the tree. <laughs> yeah. so they yeah, call that pine pitch back right, in the There day. you are, man. You start my talking grandpa, to us. My grandpa used to chew that pitch. Oh, yeah. Like that. Yeah. So oh, it's like gum back in the day. It used for medicinal purposes, for used sure. for all kinds of things, man. And get that stuck city, in your britches. That city, Joe, is Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta in the house. Atlanta in the, the house. house. Yes, yes, sir. No doubt. That's, I got to say something about Atlanta. 
you know, Dallas and Houston and got traffic. And you boys are probably going to throw darts at me from Atlanta, but that is the worst traffic I've ever driven in. in <laughs> it really is. It's, those Peachtree streets, there's a thousand of them in there. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Get on Peachtree A, Peachtree B, Peachtree C. It's yes, like, oh sir. Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah. But cool town. Well, in, in the state, you know, because they say, well, you know, Atlanta, there's no – peach trees aren't native to that area right, but right. georgia's the peach state man i yeah. mean they Georgia produce peach. yes sir man they produce a lot of peaches there so maybe people are ringing those names out to honor all of that i don't know but really famous baseball player the georgia peach ty cobb was from georgia oh from ty, georgia. Man. yep you betcha last but not least if you want to see history come alive this next town located two hours from williamsburg virginia used to go there for Every year when I was in school in Virginia Beach, we'd go there for uh, uh, for our uh, field trips and stuff like that there or Jamestown. Mm -hmm. uh, this place might just be for you. Home to critically acclaimed restaurants, this town also once gained recognition as the fried chicken capital of the world. And mm. that would be Gordonsville, Virginia. Gordonsville, Virginia in the house. Hey, guys, so glad to have all you guys listening, man. Thanks a lot, and uh, looking forward to seeing numbers next week. No doubt, no doubt. So, Joe, I got to wonder, what inspired you to go with the topic for today's show? Well, it, actually, Gilbert, there's a couple of things. I mean, we've had a lot of people sending in questions that are getting ready for the next hunt, and these are people yeah. that are looking for hunts. They're talking about areas. They're talking about states, a lot of different things, but I think that plus uh, one of our listeners actually came to New Mexico for an October elk hunt, and when and he at the whole time, and a buddy of mine, his name is Joe, <laughs> so I, it was easy to remember that name. Sure. Um, uh, the whole time he's texting me what's going on during this hunt, and I can tell you this, it was a total miss for this guy. I mean, when it came to the type of hunt that he would have enjoyed, mm -hmm. uh, it did not. It was not a fit, Gilbert. The, and um, let me tell you why. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, He's, he is, he's, you know, he's from those Midwest states and stuff where you hunt whitetails. Um, he's used to hunting whitetails. He's used to getting out and working. He likes to be out on his feet. He likes to be moving, likes to be active. He's somebody that gets out there and gets in the woods. And basically on this hunt, it was pretty much a drive hunt, um, you know, and which a lot of ranches do, they'll drive around and pick up till they spot some animals. They'll, they'll oh, look okay. out yeah. and spot mm -hmm. and then they'll, they'll end up doing a stock or, or going after the animal, um, just to cover territory. Well, sure. that, that's fine if you understand that, but you know, Go this guy forward, yeah. was kind of under the influence that, or under the impression influence he wasn't under the influence it only at night but right, uh, right. <laughs> but he was under the impression that he was going to be out you know they were going to be spotting animals they were going to be going after them and and basically for six days he probably put in uh, i don't know how many hours a day driving around in a pickup and uh all he did was get more and more frustrated uh never saw an animal i i, I take that back they did see 
Um, I think they saw a couple bulls at one point when they were driving that saw the vehicle and they were gone and, uh, and didn't go out after the animals. So he had a lot of questions, a lot of frustrations um, with the entire thing. You know, he was under the impression they were hunting a bigger area than what they were. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there, were, there were a lot of things that just went bad with that. But, you know, in talking to him, um, you know, I had to tell him, well, there's a lot of places that do just that. And if they're not seeing an elk, they're going to keep driving until they do see an elk. And sometimes uh, if that's their mode, that's what they're going to do. And it can change. You, you and I know, Gilbert, that, you know, those areas that you're not seeing any elk this morning or 15 minutes ago, yeah. could end up having some animals in Feel it, right? Feel quick. Mm -hmm. so, so that's why when in thinking about this and talking to him and these other people that I've talked to that are looking for hunts, I, I've just thought why it's so important for people looking for an elk hunt, whether it's guided, whether it's DIY, and understand something, y'all. Okay, uh, I have never hunted a guided hunt. Um, Gilbert... Uh, was originally my client, you know, uh, mm. I was his guide That's and a true uh, fact. guide for some other guys. Uh, I have never hunted elk outside of the state of New Mexico. I, I hunt in New Mexico. Uh, it, my situation intended that I am, you know, uh, I had to hunt on a budget. So I've had to make do. And, and so I, I'm not trying to, and I don't want to paint a picture that that's how it has to be. I hunt and guide with people of all income levels, of all different types of people. And I have found that, you know, um, opportunities at the, at the base, it's just people that want to hunt. They want to hunt yeah. elk and they do it within the situation that they have. Right. That's right. Um, I had to work within mine and I don't have anything against, uh, people going on guided hunts at any level being outfitted uh i am a professional guide so uh that is a way that i make a living at doing that uh, i don't have uh, trouble with people that buy gear from different places or expensive gear sure what i what we have said gilbert the purpose of this show is for people to understand is that the lack of gear or the lack of the ability to get uh, an outfitter or a guide should not keep you out of the woods. And, right. and, and that's been our goal is to make sure that no matter what your level of experience, of income, of ability, of physical fitness, there's something out there for you. And we're here to help you with that. So um, I, I want you guys to understand that your hunting profile no matter whether you're going to do DIY, whether you're going to do guided, whether you're going to do semi-guided, whether you're going to do drop camp, uh, is you want to be able to match your profile to the type of hunt that you're looking for if if you're going to be happy in the end, right? Sure, yeah, okay. makes sense. Yeah, so th that's where I got the inspiration for, for this evening. Well, that makes sense, Joe. I mean, you know, not everybody's going to be wanting to bow hunt or rifle hunt or so, I mean, and you got to know what you're looking for, you know, are you looking for any, I, I tell people all the time that ask me, well, you know, uh, you want to kill a giant bull every time you go out? No, I've killed some really beautiful bulls. And I can tell you this, my goal is to kill an elk. And I don't care if it's got horns or if it don't have horns. If the legal elk steps in my path, it's getting the missile. 
And right? see, I, I like to eat elk. So that's Gilbert Ornelas's that's profile. Right. That's my profile, right? Right. So everybody else's profile is going to be different. I don't push my profile on anybody. Right. Right. Uh, yes. I, I believe me. I paid a lot of money to have that profile. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I did. I invested a lot of time and a lot of money, and it wasn't about killing a bull. It was about killing the bull. Right. You did that. And, and now you it didn't matter it. about the money and all of your hunting. Um, gosh, since God, how many years has it since been Ten since 15 has been on state land, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like the last five years is always, it's all yes. been on state land. It's not yes. been on any private. So mm-hmm. I, I know there's a lot of listeners out there, Gilbert, they're going, they're asking though, but what if they've never hunted elk? How do they know what they're looking for? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So guys, everybody, has a perception or an image of what they think their elk hunt should look like. I mean, they've had discussions with people. They've seen things in books and videos. They watch shows. They they have friends that are talking about it possibly. Uh, You can be on Instagram. You can see the photos. I mean, you see some of those pictures of guys, you know, the glowing tent up in the mountains and beautiful mountain parks and people hiking through. And, you know, uh, all of that creates and gives you a perspective to kind of start with. And then, I mean, that, that kind of is, that's that romantic part that makes you want to go out West and hunt an elk. Right. So that's fine to have that. Then you may need to add a dose of reality to that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because each person's expectation of what a great elk hunt consists of will be different from hunter to hunter. Oh yeah, for sure. I've seen it on our hunts. Sure. Yeah, Guys, most definitely. They're they're different perception. Yeah, and and which is fine. No and doubt. and what we're going to do, and especially for you guys that are going, well, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know what to expect. We're going to help you out with that. But yeah. um, you need to ask yourself, okay, from your perceptions of what you've seen. What is it going to take to meet your expectations for a great elk hunt? And, and I'm not, you know, of course, everybody's like, well, um, everybody wants to get an animal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But is, is that, is for it to be a great elk hunt, not a great elk kill, kill a great right. elk hunt, what is it going to take to meet those expectations of yours? What, what is it that you're seeing yourself doing? Okay. And then, then just the way hunting goes, you might have to manage those expectations. And oh, I, I agree. You will have to manage those oh, expectations. In what ways, man? Well, I mean, look, I'm, if you, if you don't know whether, what camp's going to look like, right? Right. So guys like, well, uh, yeah, I don't mind camping out. Okay. Well, you're going to tent camp or is it going to be a, a big wall tent or you're going right. to have individual tent. I mean, you're going to sleep on a cot, air mattress. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into yes, having a camp. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. So, uh, I, guys, a lot of guys don't understand that. They, Oh, well, I thought this was going to be outfitted. Okay. Well, that is the outfitter providing the camp or is it, or, you know, are you providing your own camp? Those are things that you need to know up front, Joe. You, you bet. Know, the, you need to ask those questions. If you're going on an outfitted hunt, you know, 
those are checked. You know, you should have a little list of checks that you go, go through with your outfitter or whomever you're elk hunting with, man. So everybody knows what the expectations are of the outfitter and everybody knows what's expected of themselves. Yeah. You need to have those same, ask those same questions. If you're going to go hunt with a group of guys, or if you're going to hunt DIY, or if you're going to go on the backwoods, you're right. Because a lot of people get themselves in a situation and they're like, this is not what I thought it was going to be, or this was more (laughs) than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. You know, how much walking, how good a physical shape you're in. Right. Uh, All of those things. Cause I can tell you, if you're going to get in the high altitude mountains and stuff, you better be ready. Cause if you're going to put, you know, if you got a good guide and a good outfit, they're going to put four to 10 miles a day on your feet, you know? Right. And, uh, and it's, that's, it's strenuous. It's strenuous. It's stressful. Uh, you know, what kind of, what kind of food you're going to have? I mean, do you have food allergies? There's all kinds of things that you need to be and, uh, aware of. And you're you know? getting ready to help us out with this profile with a lot of stuff that you're talking about, because sure, I, sure. that's exactly what we're trying to tell you is that, no matter what type of hunt you're going to do to match yourself up best to that, you need to know, you need to develop your elk hunting profile. And uh, I, I want you to know when we start talking about these things for you to develop your profile, there's no judgment here. This is mm-hmm. about you. I mean, right. you know, you're going to see, we're going to ask stuff like, uh, or part of your profile is, is, are you a road hunter, trail hunter, walker? Well, mm-hmm. if you're a road hunter, you're a road hunter, man. I mean, that's not up for us to judge. This is about, again, you and what yeah. you want in your hunt. Okay. And what Joe means by road hunters, how far off the beaten trail are you going to get? You know, right. A lot of guys will drive down the road and and they'll let out a call and they just keep on driving. They ain't yeah. going off the beaten path. How many well, times and have we seen that? There's a lot of uh, highly recognized guys that do that. Yeah. I mean, they'll drive yeah. from one ridge, you know, and call and then go after it. You know, sure. and there's different styles and there's different Philosophy, um, sure. uh, mm-hmm. levels of road hunting, too, That's man. Right. You know, That's so right. um, like I said, on a lot of ranches, man. And sometimes the, that running gun stuff works really well. Yeah. Well, yeah, and so we're going to talk about that in the profile. But just remember, guys, when we're talking about this, we are not judging as to Uh what is better than we have our style. We have our profile, but that's what works for us. You have to find out what works for you and or know what works for you and communicate that. Now, there's going to be some things that you might not know, but we're going to have that conversation here, okay? And uh, understand this as well. Once you have your profile developed, it may fit the hunt situation or it may not no. of where you go. You you don't necessarily get to have your cake and eat it too all the time. That's so right. know that going in that you might say, well, you know, I, I'd, I'd rather it, you know, the food be like this or or the conditions be like that, or the physical limitations be up to this. And you might find you got to put out a little bit more or, or people have just a little bit different levels of expectation. <laughs> it's all relative sometimes, right? So just understand that knowing your profile is going to help you match up to that hunt, but it doesn't mean that it's, you're going to get everything in one package. Okay. That's right. Uh, so 
Um, you guys get ready. He's fixing to spit some knowledge on a profile <laughs> to you. So you'll get your pens and paper out because this is good stuff right here. It'll help you set up your profile and understand what you need. out of. And if you guys want to see this profile list, it just helps you when you are talking with your hunting buddies, uh, your hunting partner, um, a guide, an outfitter. Because uh, I tell you what, and we're going to talk about this next week because in next week's episode, we're going to talk about how to match your profile to the type of hunts available and what things to look for and, uh, and to look out for. Uh, so, but just know that there, just because you talk to the outfitter, you're not hunting with the outfitter, you're hunting with his guide. So right. sometimes it helps to know that you're matched up well with that person as well. So, um, Sometimes profile, you might. I've hunted with an outfitter before. He was a badass guide too. I'm sure, telling yeah. you, Joe. So yeah, it, you well, just never know. But again, you you need to ask. There's that. a whole buffet of those examples, right? For sure. Okay. Um, so first of all, guys, whenever you know you're you're trying to develop your profile, understand that the time of year uh, can important. really change some of these things as well. <laughs> I mean. Uh, when we get down and we talk, and let's say that you're a person that really likes to to walk, you know, and to do your hunting, um, but you know you're out for a, a trophy bull on a ranch, and and uh, your outfitter wants to look and see a lot of animals, so they got to do it differently. And if it's during the winter, you know, you might need a warm place, warm dry place. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you ain't walking a lot in that snow. Yeah. So yeah. You, always when you're do when you're setting up your hunt consider the time of year okay mm -hmm. so your profile the first thing that's going to happen is is what your weapon of choice is you want you want to let these people know whether you want to hunt archery or rifle um some places that's distinct seasons some places they overlap and some places um they go for a long time so mm -hmm. uh it's real important that you let them know your your weapon of choice this again is your profile are you a newbie experienced or veteran hunter i'm not talking elk hunter i'm just right. saying uh, a, a hunter okay uh you know if you have experience hunting uh that that's really going to help in a lot of situations if you're new to it that lets people know that they're going to be you know guiding and teaching a lot more you know mm -hmm. uh and, and that kind of determines whether or not in for your profile, whether you're looking for a guided hunt, a semi-guided hunt, or drop camp. Maybe you only need a packer or you want to do it yourself. Because if you're a newbie, you're probably going to a lot. And I have this happen. Gilbert guys calling me and saying, you know, I, I just don't know enough about it. My first time out, I'd like to be guided. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Um, some people have a lot of experience and just like the fact that they have somebody that understands the area and understands the animal, you yeah. know, even though they're an experienced hunter. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, it just depends on you. If you're experienced or a veteran, you might be able to go semi-guided. You might be able to have them just drop you and set up a drop camp. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that matching up next week. Uh, or you might be somebody that you, man, I'm going to go deep in there. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to get it, but I might need uh, somebody to pack this animal out for sure. me, or you're just going to go straight, do it yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. So understand what type of hunt match your profile with that. If you're new, you're most likely going to need that guided or semi-guided, 
or you're going to go with other people in in your group that have experience enough in either a drop, a pack out, or a do it yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and your profile, what is your level of elk knowledge and your skill sets when it comes to elk hunting? Now, now we're different than just being a hunter because that's like Manano. Yeah. Guys, you hear us talk about Manano. You know, Manano, yeah, Manano's new to elk hunting, but this dude was born with a rifle in his hand. I mean, no doubt, yeah. <laughs> He's a very accomplished hunter. An incredible hunter, accomplished hunter, accomplished cook. But, no doubt. But when it came to elk knowledge, you know, right. coming from the way he was raised as far as being silent, being quiet, being <laughs> yeah. slow, yeah. you know. He ha he had some things to learn, and sure. I mean, uh, picks so, it up quick though, right? And if if you have no elk knowledge, then again, what are, what are you going to be leaning towards? A guided, semi-guided, or going with people that know something, or you're going to listen to things just like this, just like you're doing, and you're yep. going to learn, and you're going to be able to develop your skill sets so that you can do some of that other stuff, okay? Mm -hmm. But for you to do a do-it-yourself and to have some confidence and to be out there and get it, you know, you're going to have to, <coughs> you're going to have to develop that database, that elk knowledge database. You're going to have to develop some skill sets, and that's why you're listening to Elk Bros right now, all right? Yeah, look, this, this ain't easy. I'm just going to tell you straight up. I've been doing it about 10 years, and, I couldn't imagine doing a do-it-yourself hunt, not knowing anything and being green. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're just asking for, you're asking a lot out of yourself and out of the critter. I mean, they're just, they're amazing athletes uh, to hunt and having some knowledge with you of the area and the animal, I think is more, uh, more important than anything, you know, especially when you're new, you know? Sure. And I think That's the thing that has really changed it for you guys that have been in camp with me is learning to speak the language. Oh, and man, yeah. That that yeah. really changes things for you. And, so. and that's an ongoing education sure. I mean, that goes on every day. You bet. So, mm -hmm. so in your profile, um, now those things as far as your elk knowledge and, and your level of hunter – that is just for you to understand what type of hunt you're going to match to or what type of people you're going to connect yourself to. It's not something that you're going to necessarily share with people when you're sure. doing, you know, out there doing a hunt. Um, you might tell a buddy, hey, you know, I'd like to get with you because I just have, I know nothing about this critter and I w would really want to hunt it and I'd love for somebody like yourself to teach me. So understand your profile. Um, also, what's important to understand your profile are you after any elk? That could be a cow or a bull. Are you after any bull? Or are you after a trophy bull? Because that can really change your expectations of a lot of things. And I've seen that change too from day one to day seven, right? I mean, I really have. <laughs> I've seen guys, you know, <laughs> have opportunities and be like, dang, man, I just – I got to get this done, you know, so things right. change a little bit, but look, I, that's okay. That's your prerogative, but you got to know going forward, you know, 
your guide's going to want to know, your outfitter's going to want to know, hey, look, you know, are we in this for a six by six? I mean, you shoot any illegal bull. I mean, that's a really good thing to have. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, their idea of a good Rocky Mountain bull is a six by six, and that's what they want to shoot for. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not one thing wrong with that. But, you know, I've seen it change. Boy, that five by five walking in on the last day, he's in trouble. <laughs> well, and I've seen five by fives that put six by sixes to shame. No doubt. No doubt. So, 100%. you know, sometimes it's just. The uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Right. And I think this is real critical to understand this in your profile because it can mean the difference. For example, if I was guiding somebody that was hunting any bull, somebody that um, wants to be a walker, that's their profile that wants to get active. Well, man, we can go to a spot and we can get out and we can start you know, pounding the, the, the ground with our feet and getting in and start working the, the different areas, working the ridges, because we're not having to get a look at a ton of different bulls. We're just trying to hunt us up a bull, right? right. Mm -hmm. Whereas somebody that if you're on a place that you're hunting a trophy bull, well, your guys and uh, your outfitter, if you're being outfitted, is going to need to see a lot of animals and you're going to need to see a lot of animals. So that might mean that you're not on your feet so much. <laughs> that might, what's that? <laughs> oh, no, that's me. You know, I, I, for a long time, for about five years, you know, four years, I, I said, I, man, look, I don't give a dang if it hair lips the governor. I want to kill a good, a big bull, you know? Right. And, and I ate tag soup for quite a few years. Now look, some of that was my fault. Some of it was cause I couldn't seal the deal. Right. I made a bad shot a couple of times and, you know, that was just me rushing some things. And generally I'm a very good shot with an, with archery equipment, but at the end of the day, it's different. I tell, I tell people that all the time. I, you know, I shoot that arrow through an eye of a needle most of the time, but it ain't shooting it at a bull elk. <laughs> so it's, it's different. And but, uh, you got to know I was good with going home without anything. Right. And coming and ready to come back. Right? And see, so, again, that was your profile. And because of it, because of that, and you had to see so many animals, uh, and there's other things, extenuating circumstances that we're going to talk about in a minute. But, you know, for guys that would like to be out there pounding, they got to understand that, you know, if they're saying they want to go with a big one, then it's up to whoever's working with you to try to see as much country and see as many animals. And that might change right. or <laughs> change some of your expectations or how that's going to go about. Sure. So, again, understand that your profile um, has a lot to do with matching <laughs> to that type of hunt and the modes of how you hunt. Yeah, and if I could interject just real quick, something for me that just resonates. I wish I would have listened to y'all, you know, because it would drive R.C. Knox nuts. I passed on three or four bulls in a mm -hmm. day, you know, and I'm like, ah, you know, Pap, that's slam dunk. That was easy. I, I, you made a statement to me, your first one you kill, it'll get easier. Yeah. And it was never more true. After right. the first one, we have hammered everyone since. Right. And uh, it did get easier. I'm with you, Joe. Feel like we can kill a bull every time we step in the woods. Um, I wish I would have acquiesced and went ahead and started earlier, letting it rip. And because I think it would have helped me. I think it would have helped me figure it out uh, instead of being stubborn and uh, waiting on it. But it was my deal, right? I, I, I really. Right. It was my hunt. 
Carl Gamage did a fantastic job managing my expectations, letting me know, hey, I can put you on them. I, I can't seal the deal for you. And, you know, it's a hunt. And uh, that's what you're paying for. You're not paying for the animal. Right. That's what I want our listeners to understand. You're not paying for the animal. You're no. paying for the hunt. That's and, correct. Uh, you're not buying animals, right? So yeah. um, I think that's a big thing for me was when guys get started out, know you got to know what you want, you know, right. and, and then be bold enough to stick with it. You know, well, I did and had no problems with it. But now looking back, I probably wished I would have acquiesced a little bit and probably not lowered my standards, but took the opportunities that I had. Sure. You know? And I think most guys want an opportunity. Oh you know? yeah. And I, and an opportunity to be able to say I pass or I want to take that one or something you, like you that. Bet. You bet. Know? Now had I not saw anything, um, that might've been different. I might've been a little bit more, uh, ag- but how can you say, you know, an elk hunt wasn't, successful when you've passed three or four bulls in a hunt, you know, right. God did his job. Outfitter did his job. You know, he got you within now might not have been exactly what you wanted, but that's your prerogative to pass or shoot, you know, right. Did I draw on a few of them? Sure. I did. You know, I counted coup. Yeah. mm -hmm, But didn't let it fly. And like I said, it would just incense art. And I, I know you, you know, were like, golly, boy, that was a great opportunity. What was up with that? You know, I'm like, this wasn't the right one, Joe. You know, okay, and, on to the, and you never, you never busted my chops about that. No. Real cool about that. And, All right, let's go on to the next one. Well, that's but I can t- I mean, you told me straight up, I can tell you this, you're going to run out of opportunities because you're too fat and you're too slow to make any more happen you know we're just about run you ragged up here and this is what you got to know right you're real honest with me and that i needed to hear that you know yeah so that was part of my profile that i had to change i hey y'all i didn't tell it to him like that either (laughs) (laughs) we ain't unleashed tonight joe (laughs) Uh, so uh but that that's important. I mean, it's important part of your profile when yeah. you're trying to match up with what type of hunt you're doing. I mean, yeah. uh, is it any elk? Are you happy with a cow or a bull or any bull or are you looking for a trophy? And, and, you know, a lot of the guys that are, are just starting out that have never killed one, like the situation you were in, Gilbert, I, that's when I kind of urge those guys, just get one under your belt, man. Yeah, man. Now, you, you've taken – uh, a few you've taken some elk uh, you, you've done that you've hunted them um maybe you get meat during the year from maybe you hunt m- multiple states i don't know and sure, you already have sure. meat then you go to another state and so you're like well i want to make it hard i want to make it difficult and i want to hunt that incredibly mm. hard to hunt mature bull so sure. uh there's nothing wrong with that man but nothing, just man. just know it and explain Challenge it yourself, you know yeah. You, you want to let those people know, am I going to have an opportunity for a bull of, you know, of, of this size or that size, if that's yeah. what you're looking for. All right. Yeah. Um, the other thing, man, that's a real critical part of your profile is what kind of condition are you in? You know, um, do you, are you somebody that wants to put in lots of miles some miles, a mile, or just some yards, man. <laughs> right, mean, right. You know, uh, and and uh, again, no judgment on this because I have had clients, man, that I had one client one year 
that had severe issues with the bottom of his feet. He could only get in 200 yards. So it was my job as a professional guide to get him someplace where I could get him 200 yards to be able to get a shot in the rifle season. So uh, is that doable? Heck yeah, it's doable, man. Mm -hmm. Um, If I do my job as a guide. So, you know, it's, if you're somebody that wants to get out there and, I mean, I've in my same vehicle, I've had father, son, where one said, uh, I don't want to shoot from a vehicle. I'd rather walk them down. And the other one said, I'm fine right here from <laughs> being close to where I'm at. You know what I mean? Sure. So, uh, Roll the window down, Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you get, you get different variations of that. And, you know. It's all good. You know, yes, it's good because there are some people, and and a lot of times I've had the pleasure of of guiding some elderly gentlemen that you know have had a lot of hunting years in their life, and you know their their health might not be the best, um, their condition might not be the best, but they still love to be out in the woods and they still love to hunt, and you know, that means that there's going to be some limitations, which is fine, man. That's mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. And that's why you hire people to put you in a position where you still have an opportunity. So mm-hmm. um, I got a young lady this weekend on our, on our ranch, our whitetail ranch in South Texas. And she came in and, uh, you know, I tried to get her profile immediately. Right. What are we looking for, you know, how many, you know, have you been hunting a long time? And man, she just, she told me everything, man. And I'm, I'm a, I'm going to tell you right now, Joe, all I needed to do was sit there and shut up. Cause this lady knew her business, man. She yeah, could age yeah. those white tails. I was like, man, I don't need to say anything other than green light. Go get him girl. You know, <laughs> right. uh, that was it. She knew exactly what she wanted to do. Knew exactly, you know, how she wanted to do it. Uh, she knew exactly where she wanted to shoot the animal, knew her gun inside and out, the ballistics of it. You know, I was like, wow. I was very, very impressed uh, with her knowledge of hunting, knowledge of uh, just general knowledge of hunting and general knowledge of whitetails, right? Right. So for me, as a guide like yourself, man, I try to run that profile down quick so I can really narrow down what we can and can't do. I asked her immediately, how comfortable or how far are you comfortable shooting your rifle? Exactly. She's like, well, you know, I really don't like to shoot over 200 yards. I said, done. So we, you know, we do something in Texas where we corn the senderos and stuff like that. No sense in me cornering it past 200, right? She wants to, she wants to shoot to 200. So I run out there to 200 with my range finder and we started cornering all the way back to the blind. So right. she knew that that was the, the end of the road right there. And that's where the deer were going to start eating. That's 200, you know? So I did that for her because that was her comfort zone, Joe. Yeah. And I have the same thing happens all the time. I mean, we have, we have people that want to shoot 800 yards, a thousand yards, and you have people that want to shoot at a hundred yards. You know, you have people, I mean, there's so many different levels of, of different experience out there and, and what their comfort is and their style uh, whether they're good at shooting on sticks or whether they need to, yeah. you know, be on a solid, uh, you know, something solid to shoot off of. So all of that is your profile, you know, and you, know, you've, you you've, need to you've know said that. Make sure you know what your physical limitations are. You got to know what your, what your limitations are with your weapon as well. 
whether it be archery or whether it be uh, your rifle, that's got to be part of your profile as well. And, and you know what? Um, I always remind guys because, you know, I, I've, I've heard Hunter say, you know, well, my guy told me to take that shot and I wasn't comfortable. And it, it is up to the person that has that weapon to understand that if they are, if that is out of their uh, comfort zone, comfort yeah. zone uh, where they can make a responsible ethical shot. The best shot is no shot. So exactly. you need to know that and you need to convey that, you know, as yep. far as how that goes. Um, your physical limitations, like you said, Gilbert, you know, are you ready for the altitude? Are, are there any other things that could be causing issues for you? You know, uh, ha- have you had knee surgery? Have you had shoulder surgery? I mean, um, things that that you need to convey so that guys know, what they're mm-hmm. dealing with out there. And again, not just a, a guide and an outfitter, even your buddies, man, because, you know, when we're out there and, and you know, it gets hard, gets tough, and we're in certain situations or we need to pack an animal out, you know, I need to know what you are able to do and what you're not able to do. Sure. Okay. And, yep. and fine, man, if, if we accept that, we understand it, there's nothing to get angry about because you mm-hmm. know we go to haul something out and you all of a sudden you tell me man i can't i can't take my critter out because I, I got this bad shoulder and yeah. i'd be like say what you when know did they, why did this come out right now right we need to have yeah. a little discovery before our hunt you know yeah yeah sure. i mean again there should be no judgment it is what it is right sure. Sure. Uh, the other thing as far as your profile is is your style of hunting man um you know are you one of those lone hunters? Do you like to hunt with a partner? Do you like to hunt with a group? Um, and, and this happens in a lot of different ways. And, you know, if you're, if you're planning on going and matching yourself up with a DIY, that's a, that you're hunting alone, this is something that you need to know because you got to prep for it. Okay. Are you a road style hunter? I mean, are you going to drive the truck from ridge to ridge, give yells off, you know, give some bugles off and, and then bail off when you see that? Or are you the type of road hunter that drives around until you pretty much have an animal that you can take a shot at? Um, Are you uh, a trail hunter? You're going to hike trails, or are you cross country beat the brush type guy, man? Um, are you a still hunter? Are you a glasser, a walker, a stand hunter? Um, do you like the spot and stock? Are you the type that likes to be out and hunt all day long? You know, are you that uh, are you that diehard person? Are you a person that wants to hunt, get back to camp, and then hunt again? You know, you need your break, you need your nap, or do you want to just hunt during prime time only? You know, why are you right. laughing at me, man? Because <laughs> I need my nap, Joe. <laughs> Whether it be at camp or in the woods, I'm telling you that last day we hunted, I, I needed that nap like crop need rain, brother. <laughs> that was a hell of a damn hike. Yeah, well, you know, uh, naps. And I got a good nap. <laughs> well, naps are going to happen with us, right, man? Because no uh, doubt, buddy. We, we are, we're pretty much like the animals. We eat when we're hungry. We drink mm-hmm. when we're thirsty, we sleep when we're yep. tired, Dang and we hunt skippy. when we're, you know, we hunt hard, man, when, uh, when they're moving. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's important. And, and the reason you want to know your style and convey that, because it, it, it helps anybody that you're hunting with to understand. Yeah, that. buddy. And, yeah, and, I, and I, you know, 
I send a lot of guys to different places and stuff. You know, I've got very good friends of mine that are outfitters and I try to do a lot of that and try to manage it because I've hunted with most, I've never, never recommended an outfitter that I hadn't hunted with, uh, myself. Right? right now. Uh, so at the end of the day, I know what to expect. So I try to, I try to manage their expectations going in. So they understand what's up. Sure. You know? Yeah. And you know, even I, I've had guys that talk to me that they went to go hunt with a group of guys that had hunted before they had never hunted elk before. Um, however, they were somebody that they felt like they wanted to be out there all day long. And the guys that they were with was like, no, 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 man, we're, we're not doing that. And there were yeah. specific reasons why they didn't want them to do it. But yeah. again, you end up with a little bit, you know, of differences there. So um, it's good for that group going in to understand your profile. Hey, Tim's yeah. a diehard, man. That dude's going to pound the ground from morning to night. And mm-hmm. they know that. So uh, you have those conversations ahead of time. Uh, a, a huge one is the mode of transportation that fits you, man. Are, are you mm-hmm. a walker? You want to use the feet? Uh, do you want to go hunt on horseback? Uh, ATV, UTV? <laughs> You're shaking your head no on them horses, huh? <laughs> well, man, look, I've, I've owned them and been on them, and it just adds another element of, of uh, obtuseness, I would say. Uh, horses got a mind of their own, and it's dangerous. You know, uh, you up there in the mountains, dangerous anyway. And them suckers are, I don't know. I'm just not a real big horse. I fan tell you, it hunting. doesn't, it's not, uh, it, it's not a matter of, uh, of whether or not it's going to happen. It's going to happen and things are going to get Western every now and then exactly, when you're dealing man. with the horse, they're just, man. They're, so they're big uh, old knotheads and I, I just, you know, I'd rather fall off of a UTV or something, I guess, Joe. <laughs> it's closer to the <laughs> ground. <laughs> something you're a little more in control with. Or, you know, there's people yeah. that use uh, e-bikes and bikes or even motorcycles yeah. out yeah. there. And a lot of guys that uh, hunt out of trucks, man. Trucks. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, and so understand what best fits you, you know, and, and have that conversation. Again, does that hey, mean – uh, what's that? I was talking to another buddy of mine. They ran alpacas. And yep. uh, those yep. alpacas are pretty cool critters, they said, and they 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 can put an extreme amount of weight on them. Yeah. Know? Now, if you're going to run alpacas, that means that you're for you, you're footing it though. You know. Yeah. So for sure, they're, mm-hmm. they're just yeah. You ain't riding them. No. You ain't yeah. They just carry stuff for right. sure. Right. They're going to pack for you. I can't imagine you. riding an alpaca out there, <laughs> sucker man. Good God. Uh. I got some friends of mine that try it though. Try Joel. anything once, bro. We try. Heck yeah, I guarantee. I got some friends of mine that try it. I yeah, sure. and I think last on uh, the the areas there as far as um, is is comfort, man. What are you looking for? I mean, uh, how important is comfort? Are you okay under the stars on the ground in a tent? Uh, an outfitter tent where they probably have a cot and stove and you can have that in your own tent too. Sure. You know, it doesn't have to be an outfitter tent, man. Well, or are you somebody that needs to be in a hotel or, or would you like being in a lodge, man? Yeah. So, uh, again, no judgment here, but that's mm-hmm. things that you need to figure out on, on that. And cause that has a lot to do with, um, what you're going to spend and the people that you're with. Right. Uh, yeah. The quality level of food needed. I mean, are you okay uh, with sandwiches? Do you do the freeze-dried thing? Is that cool with you? Uh, is that fine for you for five, six days? Uh, do you need regular meals? Or are you looking for five-star? You know, 
uh, all of this makes up your profile. And it's important for you to ask yourself this, because if you're going to purchase a hunt or if you're going to uh, do a do it yourself or go with a group, you know, all of these things are kind of uh, questions that y'all should have, especially if you're doing a group. I mean, we have it pretty lucky because we have the Venezuelan mafia man that wants to come in and take over and cook for us. And I'm yep. not getting in the way. I don't know about you. Negative. <laughs> he ain't saying a word. What do you want me to bring? Yeah, That's exactly. It. That's it, right? right? Well, I'm bringing X, Y, and Z. Oh, by the way, I need, I'm on it like a rat on a Cheeto. And I can tell you if a group of guys is going to have more than they need. We and- always do. <laughs> it's it's going to be way more. Um, and you need to uh, draw straws on who has to take the extra home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually the case. Yeah. Uh, and, and now in talking about that and talking about our profile, y'all, you, you, you saw where nowhere did I say your profile is your age um, because it's not. <laughs> All of those different things. I have met guys from 20 years old to 80 years old that I've had 25-year-olds that weren't in the condition that I've had a 75-year-old in. And, I mean, there's – of course, with age, there's a lot of things that come with it um, and a lot of benefits that come with it. And I tell you, I know some people, man, that uh, Chav – until he got sick here, Chav was on my heels no matter where I went. And I'd hunt with some guys that were younger than me, uh, and they would have difficulties getting up and down the hills. It would just really uh, – it was a struggle for them. So it's yeah. not about the age. It's about the other things, about your condition. It's about your shape. It's about your desire. It's about your want to. Uh, it's about those things that make you uh, who you are and what is going to meet your expectations in a hunt. Okay. How do you think? You think we missed anything there, bud? You think? I don't anything? think so. I think it was fantastic. I mean, guys, you know, uh, guys need to have that ready. Uh, that that really starts off everything, and you know, it'll lead us into next week's episode and how to match our profile. You know, right? Uh, types of hunts available and things to look out for. You right. Know? So those will be some things that we can really dive into next week for sure. Yep, you bet, man. And I think what we'll do is um, I think we'll cover uh, just one of these questions. I've got a question here from Troy Parcell. Uh, He's actually one of the guys that put some stuff in um, for he wants some video stuff on this. Then we have Jim Clay that sent one in. And I think we're going to handle Jim's and we're going to save Troy's because Troy's and I'll I'll give you an example because you're going to hear about it next week, y'all. His question was everyone talks about finding the feed. Uh, about finding the feed and you find the cows and therefore the bulls. And he says, I'm sitting in front of a computer 2,000 miles away from a mountain have no idea what the name of the feed is, what it looks like, or where to find it, okay? So we're going to talk a little bit about that next week, all right? Yeah, um, yeah. Jim's, I think, is a great question to finish with um, and before, we, before we close out. Okay. And Jim's question was, if we're just not seeing anything or having no luck at all on a hunt, how do you keep a positive mental outlook? Man, that's in your DNA. You know, I mean, uh, it, it's going to happen. You're going to have 
times where you're not seeing anything or you haven't, you're not having any luck, but you just got to know, you know, you got to keep pressing forward. You just one more step away from being in the middle of them. You know, you got to believe in the country. You got to believe in the prep you put in. You got to believe that you're doing, got to read the sign that's in front of you, Jim. Uh, You know, if you've done all of that, even if you've done all of that good homework, you can still zig and they zag. And then, you know, you just got to understand that you're one more opportunity away from sealing the deal. And you always got to be looking for that opportunity. My son fished a tournament this past weekend and it was tough. I mean, conditions were miserable and uh, horrible wind, cold, muddy water. And it's just rough, you know, and, him and his partner would just get down there like, oh, this is horrible. This lake is horrible. I'm like, guys, keep <laughs> grinding. Keep grinding, man. Don't worry about, you know, only worry about the things you can control, right? Right. Control the controllables and everything else will fall into place. And that's part about keeping a positive mental attitude. You know, they put their heads down, they kept chunking and winding, and they ended up catching a couple. So at the end of the day, I, they would have never done that had they not had the fortitude and understood we're going to control the controllables. We're going to keep chunking and winding no matter what. And good things, I believe, I believe good things happen to people that keep working hard. And, and you, know, you know, one thing that I like to, yeah. And, and that's, that's why we get along the way we do, you know, uh, yeah. there, there's always the next moment in time. Yeah. Uh, what has happened just now is in the past. There's always something positive in the future. Uh, you just, like you said, Gilbert, you said the word grinding, man. And, and that's what we do. We just keep grinding at it. We keep working at it. And I like to remind people that, you know, you waited for that hunt. If you're hunting seven days yeah. and, and you had three days of travel time, 10 days, that means that you waited 355 days for that opportunity for your adventure out in the woods. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what you got to carry along with you. When you're not having any luck at all, forget all of that, man. Realize that. You are doing what you've been dreaming about, having yeah. the adventure that Enjoy you've been wanting. Yep. Oh man, you are in the woods, man. You're out yep. there. You're 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 hunting. That's and right. and that's what you wanted the opportunity to do. You wanted the opportunity to be on a hunt. And you waited for 355 days, man. So man, you you're only gonna have those seven days. So how do you keep a positive mental out, outlook man is like after these days are gone i'm gonna We're be waiting to another, it. Yeah. Oh, i'm gonna be back waiting another 350 so i'm gonna make enjoy every moment i'm going to make it an adventure i'm gonna make it a hunt and i'm gonna enjoy every moment of it i'm gonna work my butt off i'm gonna enjoy the people i'm with the beautiful scenery where I'm at, I'm going to learn from everything like this and I'm going to make it no matter what, it's going to be a positive outcome for me because that's how I feel about it. And, And, you know, Jim, Joe and I both have been in this situation before where we've, you know, we've made all the right, we feel like the right decisions and the animals just weren't cooperating. So what I would tell you, Jim, is don't be afraid to think outside the box. You know, if it ain't working out, make a change. 
you know, make a change, do something a little different, do something, you know, out of the box. Uh, Joe and I talk about this all the time. You know, it's, it's not happening here. Well, you know, by gosh, we know it's happening somewhere because these critters are all slaves to their bellies. And, uh, and they're going to, they're looking for girlfriends if you're hunting during the rut. So you just got to keep moving and keep changing things up and understand that that part of having that positive mental outlook is about making changes when things aren't going your way. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And just keeps me rolling. Putting one foot in front of the other. And I, I just want to tell one story, Gilbert, that kind of puts it in perspective for me. And, and it was so refreshing to me the first time I met Luis Gonzalez, uh, you know, we were, we were coming in, uh, I was bringing you guys in. I actually went to go meet y'all in the vehicle and we had yeah. to drive way back into some real rough country on some real rough roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I met Luis, uh, Luis had a, I had a forerunner with some, <laughs> with, the two runner. With, yeah, two runner <laughs> with some rails on the bottom. And I was Ooh, like, buddy, uh, I, I said, uh, you might want to leave that vehicle here. And he's like, no, no, it's going to be all right. And I was like, well, I don't know how, you know, how much you like those, those step ups on the side of your vehicle, but they might not be there when we get there, you know? And so we commenced to go in, in, into it. And I think it took us probably four hours to go seven miles. Mm. I mean, it was, it was a rough. rough son of a gun. And there was one point after we had already pulled vehicles out two or three times, you know, in different places and, and things were tough and things were getting stuck and, uh, people were smacking bottoms and stuff like that. And there was a point where we came to that I stopped and I got off the bike. It was starting to rain on us uh, and things were getting really muddy. And I thought to myself, I said, because I didn't know Luis and Tucker was in the group at that time, didn't know Tucker. And I thought, you know, these guys have got to be so pissed. They're going, where in the heck is this guy taking us, you know? (laughs) And Luis Gonzalez gets out of his vehicle and starts walking towards me. And he goes, dude, he says, if I don't even see an elk, if I don't even smell an elk, this has already been the best trip of my life. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. He, that's verbatim for sure. I was said. like, holy Toledo, man. I was like, yeah. I mean, my heart filled up and I was like, dude, if you are having a good time now, <laughs> yeah, wait, just wait. You just wait. Yeah. Cause you're going to have a blast, man. His whole attitude, his whole love for the adventure, his whole, um, love for, that part of it, of just the roughness, the difficult of seeing this beautiful country so different from where he had been was, was special to him. And I think if you keep that type of positive mental outlook, (laughs) it's all nothing but up, up, you know, look, and that guy's, that guy's like that every day, his passion just overflows. Uh, It it really doesn't matter what he's doing, whether it's in his personal life or whether it's in his business. He's that way all day. There's no, there's no put on that ain't fake. You know, uh, I love him like a brother and he is like that. It's helped me uh, myself. I've learned a lot from him and uh, you know, he looks at life just at a glass half full all the time. And I dig that. And Jim, when you have guys around you sometimes that are feeling like that, 
just how you come across to them can bring up everybody around you too. Yeah. Uh, it's just the, those people that have that positive flow, that aura uh, was something we try to keep all the time, man. All right. Yeah. Hope we answered that. Yeah. And Jim, you know, again, just uh, stay positive, you know, when you, when it ain't going your way. Cause I'm telling you, Joe and I have been, he would scratch our heads and be like, ah, man, I, I don't, I don't really understand. You know, we did all the right things and it just didn't go our way, you know, or, you know, what could we have done different, man? Just know that if you keep your head to the, you keep your nose in, into the wind, things are going to turn around, man. You You're betcha. doing the right things and you put yourself in the right place. Just keep, keep moving forward. Keep hunting know? the hunt, bro. Keep hunting the hunt. There you go. You know, guys, we can't, we can't thank y'all enough for joining our show this week. Uh, Joe and I have had a blast being with y'all. You know, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and review. You're going to have to go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes to review, and you can check out more elk hunting content at elkbros.com. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, just a reminder to our listeners, if you'd like questions answered on our show, just send your questions to info at elkbros.com. That's I-N-F-O at elkbros.com. We sure appreciate everybody out there, you betcha. Joe. Uh, thank, thanks again for uh, all the prayers for Chav. My stepdad's doing great. He's up to walking a mile and a half a day now. Uh, I mean, he's doing fantastic. So we That's appreciate awesome, all man. the well wishes, all the well wishes for him. And we want to wish everybody because uh, the next time you hear us and hear us in the podcast, going to be in the new year. So, uh, you, bet you. you know, I really want to wish all of you uh, a very blessed and a very merry uh, Christmas holiday. Make yep. the time with your family something special uh, and enjoy it because we only live once and life is short and keep those dear people close to you no doubt yeah man we're only here for a little while and uh like joe said you know uh keep you keep your friends close and your family close and uh this is a special time of the year you know uh, if you're spiritual you understand what i'm talking about uh it's a special time of the year um Christmas is uh, one of my favorite times of the year. Not yes, only are we hunting and stuff like that, but I love to give. And, you know, I got my family here with me and can't ask for anything better. So I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry for Christmas. Joe in New Mexico, I'm Gilbert Ornelas here in Spring, Texas. We will tell you, husbands, kiss your wives, wives, kiss your husband, hug your babies, keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry. And we'll see you next week right here on blue collar elk hunting. Peace, peace, y'all. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm the old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.